African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. A, v- a very good, af- a good morning to you, listener, and uh, you're tuned to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm your host, Sydney Kadungapiri, singing for Benjamin Mushamata. And we're currently on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Today we get a glimpse of what will be taking place at uh, My World of Tomorrow conference, which starts today at the Santon Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. The gathering that brings together leaders and thinkers on the continent to look at technological in- innovation on the continent is happening today. But before we, got in, uh, we get into the business of the day, Let's get an update from the news desk with Anne Musa. In the headlines, Mozambique's ruling for Limo Party appears set for victory in presidential elections as vote counting continues. South Africa's Acting Correctional Services National Commissioner Zegaria Mudise refutes several statements made by Probation Officer Anit Farkhir yesterday. And the World Food Programme highlights challenges around the world and the real progress being made towards zero hunger. A very good morning to you. Mozambique's ruling party for Limo appears set for victory in presidential elections as vote counting continues. Partial results made public by district electoral bodies indicate that Prolimo candidate Philippe Nusi has 283,629 votes. His main challenger, Afonso Tlakama, with 134,848 votes, and third runner, Deviz Simangu, 37,600 votes so far. More than 10 million people had been eligible to vote. Official election results are expected within 15 days. Yesterday's elections were monitored by observers from the European Union, the Southern African Development Community and the African Union. Meanwhile, Mozambique's opposition parties claim to have unearthed incidents of attempted ballot stuffing as the Southern African country voted in closely fought elections. The Mozambique Democratic Movement alleges one of its members was shot by police in both feet after he tried to prevent a local ruling for a Lima official from stuffing a ballot box in central Sufula province. Mutsibi Wamunareng reports from Maputo. 
The Mozambique National Electoral Commission, CNC, has confirmed that it has launched an intensive investigation on the issue and it will pronounce itself at the later stage. The process of counting is still underway. In 2009 presidential elections, the ruling party Frelimo got 74.66%, Renamo got 17.69% and Mozambican Democratic Movement 8.59% of votes. This time analysts in Mozambique say it's difficult to predict the outcome of the results. South Africa's Acting Correctional Services National Commissioner, Zakaria Mudise, has refuted several statements made by Probation Officer Anit Farkhir yesterday. State Prosecutor Gerinel called Mudise as the state's second witness for aggravation of sentence in Oscar Pistorius' pre-sentencing hearing. Jacques Steenkamp reports. Modise, who flew in from Cape Town after appearing before Parliament yesterday, told the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria that Pistorius would be able to use his prosthetic legs in prison as they would be deemed a medical assistance device. He also said an inmate can make use of his or her own medical practitioner and that prisoners can lay daily complaints which can be dealt with by someone as high up as the Minister or National Commissioner of Correctional Services. Modise also said as the Acting National Commissioner he has the power to assign an inmate to any prison and a single cell. Nell asked him about gangsterism in prison and Modise explained they are aware of it but that most of these gangsters enter the prison as such. Amid several hunger emergencies, both natural and man-made, the United Nations World, Fru- uh, World Food Program is marking World Food Day, observed annually on this day, the 16th of October, by highlighting both the challenges around the world and the real progress being made towards zero hunger. WFP says despite horrific crises engulfing entire regions, it's making real progress in the fight to sustainable and durably end hunger and chronic malnutrition. According to the State of Food Insecurity in the World 2014 report, the total number of hungry people in the world is down by 37 million to 805 million. 63 countries have reached international hunger reduction targets before 2015. And finally, President Barack Obama has urged Western leaders to do more to stem the global Ebola outbreak as fears mount worldwide that the virus could spread even more quickly. Obama urged the leaders of Britain, France, Germany and Italy to make a more significant commitment to global efforts to stop the epidemic. The virus has already claimed nearly 4,500 lives. Recapping the top stories, Mozambique's ruling for Limo party appears set for victory in presidential elections as vote counting continues. South Africa's Acting Correctional Services National Commissioner Zakaria Modise refutes several statements made by probation officer Annette Farkhir yesterday and the World Food Program highlights challenges around the world and the real progress being made towards zero hunger. Thank you, and for that uh, news update, and you're welcome to African Dialogue on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 11 hours Central African time, and you're welcome to interact with us via Facebook and Twitter, or you can simply SMS your views to 27-823-325-905. Now... Today it's interesting because a gathering starts today which aims to bring innovators, 
thinkers and entrepreneurs under one roof to create what is de- deemed an African-led movement of global technological innovation. Speakers at the conference titled by My World of Tomorrow include founder and director of Google Ideas, Jared Cohen, and Obi Omeraton, who is a co-founder and CEO of Abzon in Nigeria, and Shaka Sisulu, an entrepreneur and media and technology sectors. And now to give us insight of what is happening at my world of tomorrow, we're joined on the line by Vanessa Olivia, Business Connection Deputy CEO, Melanie Ramji, Published and Social Media Enthusiast, and Shaka Sisulu, a Tutu Fellow and an entrepreneur in media and technology sectors. Good morning. Good morning. That is uh, Vanessa Olivia? Yes. Or, or Melan, Mel- Melan Ramji? Okay, that is Vanessa Olivia. Is, uh, is that the right uh, pronunciation of your name? It's, it's uh, over. Over. Okay, it's Vanessa yes. Over. This, uh, it's, uh, I mean, he is a, she is a business connection deputy CEO and uh, they are at uh, My World of Tomorrow. And uh, tell us more about the conference and exhibition that has described as one of Africa's pioneer platform for interaction and knowledge sharing in technology and innovation space. Sure. Um, so the conference is being hosted at the Santon Convention Center, and it has started today, and it will run until Saturday, the 18th of October. We had a cat there. And as you're saying, Vanessa, are you there, Vanessa? Hello, Vanessa. We've uh, we seem to have lost Vanessa there. But this uh, gathering. In fact, it's uh, you know it's bringing together creative uh, thinkers and uh, you know innovative you know innovative um, uh, people in the in the in the uh, in the world world of uh, te- technology. But let's hear from Melanie. Melanie, are you there? Who is on the line? Uh, is that Vanessa Olifa or Melanie? Hi, it's uh, Shaka on the line. Oh, Shaka, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very well. Shaka, I hear you're the delegate at the uh, at the conference. Tell tell us more about uh, you know this conference. Yeah, I am, and uh, you know it's really exciting to be here. Uh, just getting a glimpse into some of the solutions of the future, um, you know, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to unpacking a lot more over the over the next couple of days. Now, Shaka, you know we uh, you are an entrepreneur entrepreneur in media and technological uh, sectors. Tell us more about uh, what you do. Well, I, I use technology in my everyday life. Uh, I have uh, one business that's uh, a digital agency and another that does uh, uh, media tracking, and we use technology to obviously track the media and, and, and so on and analyze trends and so forth. So so I'm really excited to be, uh, uh, you know, amidst, I suppose, technology thinkers because enables you to figure out how do we use technology to push our own particular business forward. Right. Uh, let me come back to Vanessa. Vanessa, you are the organizer, one of the organizers of the uh, conference. How important is this gathering? Well, um, the gathering for us is, is one of the key gatherings. Um, we've got 
a thousand delegates um, uh, attending um, the two days. Um, and that's where we've got some of the top keynote speakers, um, like Jared Cohen um, from Google Ideas, Jeremy Balinson, um, founding director of Stanford University's Virtual Human Interaction Lab. And then this is not just applicable to South Africans. We are hosting um, small uh, to medium enterprises with their solutions um, from the likes of Nigeria um, and across the African continent. Um, so for this conference, we are bringing all of Africa's, let's call it innovation um, and technology thinking um, to the fore. And it's also to solve some of the challenges that us as a country have. And uh, Shaka, I hear you are a prolific tweeter <laughs> and uh, you are a writer again. Um, looking at uh, what you're going to be discussing here, um, what do you think uh, your involvement, say, f- uh, for instance, you have, you have uh, uh, you are a founding member of uh, Cheese Kids, what do you bring technology? How do you bring technology in, uh, in all of these uh, uh, organizations that you formed? Well, if I, if I look back to um, Chi Kids and how we um, uh, got to mobilize as many as 20,000 people that um, eventually uh, became members and went through the Chi Kids programs and, and joined us, it really started out uh, through social networking um, on Facebook, later on on Twitter, and um, you know we uh, we had to always figure out how do we uh, create a virtual presence? What do we do in terms of the website? How do we manage the databases? How do we manage the information around uh, projects that are happening all over the country? Uh, how do we effect change? How do we have an easy communication system with the different beneficiaries so that at any point in time they can reach us and let us know what, uh, what's happening and what they need so that we can respond adequately. So I think technology, if we look at Chief Kids, sure, it's social movement, it's young people doing great work, doing uh, positive things, uh, but the backbone that kept it all together, that kept it running, really was technology and, and, and was, was, um, was how technology enabled us to administrate things. So, you know, technology... You know, it's, 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 it's like in a good car, you don't realize how much technology is there, mm. um, you know, because you're just comfortably driving. Right. But uh, at the core of it, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, of of these little bits and bytes moving around that are making sure that you get there safely. Interesting. Uh, coming back to you, Vanessa, uh, it is known that uh, the development of Africa uh, needs to see technological advancement which key areas do you think uh, in the technological industry do we need to see radical change on the continent? So I think uh, from an African perspective, um, mobility is, is key. And I think um, whether you have got a population that can or cannot um, afford um, technology, uh, mobiles are prolific right throughout Africa. So with mobility at the fore across Africa, that's, that's absolutely key and vital. I think what us as a continent still need is to see bandwidth coming down and for that be uh, cheaper and far more accessible to even far more rural and remote areas um, from an IT perspective. But us as an African continent, I think we are far more progressive than some of um, the world countries in terms of our technology. Um, and having that ability, we are able to get applications to people um, all over the African continent. Um, and then there are also really exciting 
developments that us as an African continent have developed, for example, M-Pesa. Um, and uh, so it does talk to us as an African continent also having really good innovation um, and creative thinking, um, which I think we need to have far more of um, to solve a lot of Africa's other challenges. You are still tuned to African Dialogue on Channel Africa here. And, uh, you know, we are talking My World of Tomorrow conference. And we are joined by Melanie Ramji, a publicist and uh, social media enthusiast. Good morning, Melanie. Hi. Hi. Uh, Melanie, uh, you were speaking to Sydney, Sydney Piri from... Uh, yes, and uh, you are one of the delegates to this conference. Uh, tell us more about your contribution. How do you expect, what are your expectations uh, at this conference? Well, my, my world revolves around technology. Right now, I've got two mobile phones, two tablets. So my whole my whole world, my whole business, my career, everything revolves around technology. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, I'm in, I'm in the PR business, social media business, so I'm hoping to learn new and fresh things that will take my business to the next level um, and obviously make my life a little easier technology-wise. So it, rather excited. It is exciting indeed. And uh, you see, in the, in the men... Uh, Africa is struggling, you know, in terms of uh, looking at the roadmap, which will ensure that Africa is clear on how to move forward in the technology. Uh, how do we do this, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, how do we do this? How do we develop that roadmap? Maybe let's let's go to Vanessa. You are the organizer. How do you think about this? So, from from a roadmap ex, um, expectation or, or perspective. Sorry, we've lost uh, one of our uh, guests there, but uh, Vanessa is still there, I hope. Yes, I'm still there. Um, so and then uh, I think we're having a problem with our lines here. Uh, just to check, uh, is Melanie there? I think we've lost Melanie. And uh, Shaka, are you still there? Okay, now we only have Vanessa. Vanessa, as you're saying? So, so, so from an African roadmap perspective, um, I think uh, we already have a, a lot of creative and innovative thinkers. Mm-hmm. We need to bring the youth more together and under one umbrella um, and position um, our very specific challenges to them. Um, and it is amazing, um, using an example of a local university here in South Africa, which um, computer science um, department, mm-hmm. um, the solutions that they've been able to come with. Um, and whether it is using universities or whether it is using the youth within IT organizations, we need to presenting them with the Africa challenges um, and them coming up with the creative um, solutions. Um, and at the My World of um, uh, Tomorrow conference, um, there are going to be so many um, different experiences. And so therefore we encourage the youth to be attending as well as children, um, because you're going to be able to see the shop of the future. You're going to be able to come and see the world through Google Glasses, um, the home of the future, virtual dressing rooms. And those are some of the solutions that the youth of today, um, as well as other innovative thinkers, have come up with. That's interesting. And now that you're talking about, you know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the world of tomorrow, <laughs> I think you are talking here basically uh, about uh, uh, youth. Now, you are saying here that, you know, you've invited youth. Um, how do you see the youth taking, you know, this uh, uh, initiative forward? 
So, uh, again, look, I don't think the youth can do it on their own. Right. And they don't necessarily have the financial backing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where um, corporates can uh, really put their weight um, behind the youth and, and support them and sponsor them, um, create internship programs um, that are very relevant and specific um, uh, to problems that need to be addressed. Um, and so I think that's what corporates can bring to the table, um, along with supporting universities and a lot of their initiatives, um, uh, you know, to challenge uh, us uh, on an African continent um, perspective. Now, we're joined uh, by Melanie, uh, Melanie Ramchi again. Uh, Melanie, sorry we, we lost you there. Uh, tell us, you know, your involvement in this uh, particular uh, conference. How do you see your organization, you know, uh, helping the youth in particular, you know, to take this initiative forward? I mean, the um, technological... I from, so yeah, from, from, from my side, um, I'm very involved in the youth market, right. um, predominantly with all my clients, really. Mm-hmm. So this initiative is amazing, and hopefully we can take it to, to the road and travel across across the continent, uh, across Africa, take it to the youth. And my contribution is I'm always going to be a part of this project. Um, I came on board as a, as a, a panel expert with regards, well, around the youth market. So that's kind of my forte. So I'm hoping to, to help all the youth technology-wise take it across the continent. So it's exciting times. I mean, the conference right now is full, full of young people that have come out from high schools, and it's really rather exciting to see this. And they, they seem excited and eager to learn and keen to know, you know, about the future and how to improve their lives, technology-wise. Uh, okay, NEPAD, you know, which is the new development uh uh, new development partnership. Um, we are talking about uh, 2014 as uh, you know a year of agriculture, and just recently they finished their you know conference talking about women in agriculture. Let's talk about women in agriculture. How do you think technology might help? Now we've lost somebody else there. Uh, is that Vanessa? Okay, I still have Melanie on the uh, on the on the line. Tell us uh, about the involvement of women. How do you think women are going to benefit out of, you know, women farmers, for instance? How do you think, you know, technology can help women, women farmers? Hello there. Um, is that Melanie? Okay, we seem to have lost. Vanessa. Oh, Vanessa, yes, as an organizer. How have you uh, put women, you know, women uh, farmers? Like, uh, you know, we're talking about the world of tomorrow and we're talking about agriculture how do you think agriculture can benefit out of technology um so i i think there's many opportunities so again if, if you you use mobility um you could be farming in a, a remote and rural area and as long as you you've got network connectivity um there, there's many things that you could download on a cell phone that can help you in terms of uh understanding how much you are farming what your weight and tonnage that you are farming um just for example if your crops had diseases to google about your diseases and what you could do to, to, to remedy um, certain situations. So I think, first of all, access to, to com, uh, communication, comms and connectivity is absolutely critical. And then with mobility, um, you've got the ability um, to solve many solutions. And irrespective of where you are sitting um, on the African continent, be it uh, on a remote and rural farm or even be it on a farm closer um, uh, to, to a town, um, I think those are some of the benefits of um, technology. 
um, iPads, if you think about iPads and um, the accessibility, recording all your data and your information with regards to your crops um, so that you've got history and you understand you know, what, what you've produced in any given year and uh, where you had your challenges, understanding your water usage. Um, so I think there's many opportunities with technology and agriculture and specifically for women. Uh, we're talking to Vanessa Oliver from the Business Connection, uh, uh, who is the Deputy uh, CEO uh, of uh, Business Connection, and uh, she is one of the organizers of uh, the conference which, take, which is taking place. I mean, I've just got an into a radio interview. Hello, we, we just got... We just got mixed up there. Uh, yes, uh, Vanessa Oliver is the business uh, connection deputy CEO and one of the organizers of the My World of Tomorrow conference, which is taking place in uh, uh, at Santon Con- uh, Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. When we come back, we'll be talking to uh, Melanie Ramji, who is the published and social media enthusiast. Ebola bits. Symptoms may develop from 2 to 21 days, normally in 8 to 10 days. Symptoms often begin with a sudden fever along with muscle aches and a headache. There may also be nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, a cough and a sore throat. This message is brought to you by Channel Africa and supplied by the World Health Organization. Follow the discussion on Twitter using hashtag BeatEbolaNow. Welcome back, and this is African Dialogue on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We are talking here, My World of Tomorrow Conference, which is taking place in uh, uh, at Santon Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. And you're with me, Sydney Katungapiri, sitting in for Benjamin Mushamata. Uh, welcome back, uh, Vanessa. And uh, on the line again, we have uh, Melanie Ramji, who is a published and social media enthusiast. Melanie, welcome back. Hi. Thank you. Sorry, I keep cutting. No, 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 it's fine. Um, for our listener, we, we, we heard from our clip uh, about Ebola, and this is a world problem. This is something that is really a concern uh, for the world. How have you incorporated, you know, uh, into your program, uh, Vanessa, uh, looking at uh, the current program and problem that Africa is facing? Um, so, so again, Sydney, I mean, Ebola, you could almost equate to HIV AIDS as well. So I don't think, um, you know, you could look at Ebola um, just in isolation. But there is um, health clinics of the future um, that we'll be demonstrating here at the My World of Tomorrow conference. Um, and I think those are the exciting opportunities that we can see from a health sector that can aid us as an African continent. Um, and th- those are mobile clinics that can travel to very far um, and remote areas. They are fully um, connected. Um, there is information um, that you know they can access at the, at the drop of a fingertip um, in, in terms of medical or clinical information that they may require or need. Um, and in doing so, um, you know, uh, Hopefully, 
um, stop uh, some of the diseases in Africa and, and not necessarily Ebola. Ebola is obviously one of the crises um, that we are dealing with right now. But again, that's where technology can help with um, remote clinics being in certain areas, being able to so, um, service the local community um, and supporting them. And then where where the, the, the local doctors don't necessarily have all the information that they need, that they can wire and have access to global doctors and global networks across the continent to resolve particular ta- challenges. And I think, you know, if we had more of these mobile clinics sitting around, we could have prevented the likes of an Ebola um, virus spreading um, to the extent that it has. Um, so, uh, again, IT coming to the fore. Um, but I wouldn't only limit it to Ebola. I think, you know... Um, health in itself on the African continent is something that we need to tackle. Melanie, uh, I'm coming back to you as a publicist and uh, social media enthusiast. Do you think, in your opinion, that uh, Africa is ready uh, in terms of social media? Hell yeah. Definitely, most definitely. Africa is at the forefront of it. Um, Our youth are eager to be involved in social media. I mean, just our stats are growing every year. I don't obviously have the exact figures, but Instagram has taken off, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're very, very involved. Um, hopefully our systems step up and these sort of conferences help with the development of, of better communication tools. Uh, hoping our speeds, our, our internet speeds speed up. And um, Yeah, we're getting there. We're definitely ready. I mean, since the, the best news breaks on social media. And looking at uh, your preparation, Vanessa, um, when you're organizing this, um, you, you, you surely were looking at, you know, um, you know how literate Africa is. Um, are you not trying to be elitist in, uh, in terms of this uh, uh, conference that maybe you are actually just gearing to those uh, that know, uh, that have got the knowledge of uh, technology? How have you... Uh, you know, catered those that are not less, you know, less knowledgeable about technology. So, again, this is our, our first conference, and I, I think there's always many learnings to be taken from this. But again, what we have done yes. um, is is to go into communities, right, um, and um, be it um, schooling schooling areas and communities, right from rural to local. Um, to spread the word with regards to MWAT. Um, and hence, Melanie um, and, and Shaka speaking earlier about a lot of youth and students that are at the conference today. Um, we've had a number of school buses coming in already. So, again, we may not have hit every uh, form of the population in terms of literacy, um, but we have definitely gone to a lot of local and rural communities from a schooling perspective and an education perspective to bring them here and to make them far more aware of technology, and they themselves can go and impart that back to their own families. And I think as time goes by, this is going to be something that's going to grow more and more. You are listening to African Dialogue, and really we are dialoguing here. And uh, we have uh, on the line Vanessa Olivier from the Business Connection uh, uh Business Connection, and she is the Deputy CEO and uh, one of the uh, organizers of My World of Tomorrow conference, which is taking place at Santon Convention Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. And just to look at Africa as a whole, uh, Vanessa, how have you incorporated in terms of uh, your participation? I mean, the participants themselves, you're t- talking about you know, schools that you've invited did you have any idea of inviting maybe schools outside South Africa? 
So, so again, being being our first time event, I think you know there's many learnings and and far more greater opportunities um, to take forward in the in the coming events. But what what we did do is we did target small to medium enterprises. Um, within South Africa and external to South Africa. What um, uh, we have, just there? We just, sponsored, just there, Vanessa. Sponsored. Just there. Sorry? You said outside South Africa. Can you possibly, um, you know, mention the, the countries that you you have invited? Yes. Yes, yeah, sure. So, so the, for this year, we have sponsored um, five small to medium enterprises, um, three of them being South African. Um, one is um, a company called Nominini, who is based in the Western Cape. Um, the second one is Capsule Technology, um, focused on um, education solutions. The third is um, Vits, um Computer Science School. So those are the three South African SMMEs that we have sponsored, and the two that are external um, to South Africa are actually two Nigerian companies. The first is called Venture Group, Venture Garden Group, um, and the second is AppZone. And all five of those SMMEs are here at the conference exhibiting their solutions and their innovation that they've brought either to Nigeria locally um, or um, in the South African context. But what's also very nice, and uh, I can use AppZone as one of the examples, which is the Nigerian company that is exhibiting here, is they've got some fantastic banking solutions that they've rolled out to the small and medium banks um, uh, in in, um, Nigeria. And that's a solution that could be cloud-based and rolled out anywhere on the African continent. Um, And so that's what's really exciting about seeing this innovation is you know, there are opportunities to roll it right across the continent, um, and and these things are scalable um, and, and definitely worthwhile um, coming to have a look at. Let's talk to our listener who uh, uh, from maybe uh, Malawi or Zimbabwe who is listening to us right now, and uh, we say, maybe he's asking, what criteria did you use to choose uh, maybe Nigeria? to be part of the you know, entrepreneurs at this conference? So, very good question. Um, so, in January 2015, um, what we'll be doing is um, opening our platform. It will be a portal um, for innovators, um, and it can be an SMME. It could be a, a business school such as VIT. Um, and they would br- bring proposals forward as to what is their solutions that they've got to offer, um, what is their suite of products, and the like. Um, and then we as Business Connection evaluate um, anybody that's brought forward these ideas and we would choose the top five um, right across the African continent um, to then sponsor them um, for the three-day conference that we that we hold annually here in Johannesburg. The criteria that we're looking at um, is thought leadership and the ability to enrich communities in which um, these these um, companies are operating in. So again, enriching the communities um, is a really core and, and, and key component to this um, for us from an SMME perspective. Um, the awards are the Africa Innovators Award, there's a Consumer Innovators Award, there's an Education Innovators Award, there's a Youth Innovators Award, just to name a few. And I think as the number of applicants grow um, over the years, there will be more and more awards that we would add. Um, And if we are very successful at this, we may not only sponsor five um, uh, small to medium enterprises or, um, you know, educational institutions, we we would sponsor more. Um, But this is our starting point with five for this year, which which I've mentioned. Vanessa, uh, 
Olifev, a business connection deputy CEO, uh, one of the organizers at My World of Tomorrow. And you're listening to Channel Africa, uh, African Dialogue on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. When we come back, Milani is back and uh, we'll be talking to her how this idea is going to be spread across the continent. Ebola beads. Hospitals with incomplete infection control may see nurses, doctors, and other caregivers infected. Transmission can occur in hospitals without enough gloves, face masks, goggles, and other infection control measures to provide safe care. This message is brought to you by Channel Africa and supplied by World Health Organization. Hashtag Beat Ebola Now. Remember, this is African Dialogue coming to you on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And we come to you on Monday to Thursday from 11 hours Central African time. And welcome back as we interact with uh, the uh, conference uh, members, uh, delegates or delegation, and uh, the organizers of My World of Tomorrow, a conference that is taking place in South Africa at the Santon Convention Center. Welcome back, Melanie. Thank you. I I hope uh, you you connected clearly now. <laughs> I'm very connected. <laughs> All right. Now, look, you are published and uh, as a social media enth- enthusiast, our listener wants to find out from you right now uh from I mean, maybe a a, a remote area in uh, Zambia. What is okay. it that you feel this conference is going going to benefit this listener? you know, in the rural Zambia, for instance? Cool. This is the first um, conference of its type on the continent. Uh, We are hoping to take it across the continent uh, from next year. I think this was was literally the first one. Uh, We're going to take learnings from this, obviously improve things that we need to to improve on, and take it across the continent. I think there are going to be smaller satellite projects that are going to happen, obviously, before this happens. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is the first of many. So we're hoping to expand it into the different continents. Business Connection does have a presence across, across, the, across Africa. So they're definitely taking it to different parts of, of, the, of the continent, to different countries. And, uh, yeah, we're getting there slowly, but this is the first of many, like I said. So uh, we're, all, we're, all, we're all good to go. Okay. Um, social media, as it is. It's being criticized, you know, left and right and center by some. And they are actually saying it, it's making people less and less social as people use it rather than physically. Now, <laughs> what do you say? What, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think really? This is true. This is true. I have a two-year-old who probably knows how to use my iPad better than I do. And um, you know what? It's, it's the way the times are moving. So you either keep you know, keep up with it or get left behind. So 
So there are pros and cons to social media. There definitely are. These are one of the cons, obviously, but there's, there's a lot more. I mean, what, what something happens in Zambia or Nigeria, two, two, 20 seconds later we know about it in South Africa because my friend in Nigeria tweeted about it or Instagrammed a picture of a fire in Lagos. So honestly speaking, there are definitely more pros to the cons. So it has definitely made us less sociable. It's made us more knowledgeable. And it also gives us information that's more accessible, immediate access to information. Right. So uh, it's, uh, it's as you take it. I mean, it's very disheartening that my son doesn't treat me as when I walk in the house because he's very engrossed in his tablet. But at the <laughs> same time, he's, com- I mean, he's so advanced for his age because he's learned ABC on YouTube that he can switch, switch on his tablet and, you know, turn it on and search for something or, you know, look at the last search. So there's definitely lots of pros to it. I feel disheartened as a parent that my child won't greet me and be excited when I come home. So I, in my household, I try and I do try and make a balance, and we have times when we can be on social media or online. Um, and then definitely they have to be family time. And I think in households you have to structure that sort of thing, otherwise you will get lost. <laughs> Interesting. Um, in, in, in the online world. Right. And like I said earlier, it's like you actually have to keep up or, you know, get left behind because <laughs> everybody else is on it. Right, right. Now, it's reality. Uh, mm-hmm. That's reality indeed. But uh, when we look at, uh, Vanessa, when we look at uh, what you have prepared so far, and we're talking here about 20 to 12, uh, tell us about what is happening uh, at the conference right now. So at the conference right now, um, it's, uh, you've got two different tracks. So um, you've actually got an expo and an experience zone, which the public can come into at any point in time from the 16th, which is today, 17th and 18th. We open at 8 a.m., close at 6 p.m., and on Saturday we open 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, right now, um, if you were to bring your children, there's the gaming zone um, featuring the just-released Xbox One. Um, for the adults, uh, there's the next generation healthcare um, uh, mobile clinic I was speaking to you about, um, brought to you by Cisco. Um, there is um, motion driving simulators again for the children. Um, uh, there is 3D printers again, maybe for adults. Um, there's the home of the future. Um, look at the world through Google Glasses that I mentioned and the shop of the future. That is all busy going on right now um, as we speak. Um, the second component is there is a conference um, going on, and that's where we've got all of our guest speakers, um, some from as far as the U.S., the U.K., and Europe. Um, and those track speakers are speaking right throughout today and tomorrow. And um, that is the conference that we're holding for CIOs, CFOs, CEOs, anybody in the IT world um, that can get benefit um, from the conference itself. Uh, Now, quickly, let me just come to um, the challenges. Uh, The main challenge we are finding in the technology is that it seems industry works but separately from African government. Why is it the case? Look, I I, I think there are the challenges in terms of that disconnect. However, we are working far more closer um, with government, um, understanding their objectives, um, especially from a communications perspective. Um, And that's why there are different IT bodies 
um, that exist um, uh, to ensure that there is alignment um, with government and, and private sector. So there is still work to be done. Um, but, you know, there's by no means a complete disconnect. Um, there's just work to be done to bridge some of the gaps. Now, uh, they say technology giants. Like, for instance, we can say uh, IBM, Microsoft and Salesforce.com are all investing in Africa. But clearly they have seen potential in the booming economic environment in Africa. But we as Africans, are, are we creating enough to save our interests? Look, I, I think we can do more. Um, you definitely have got your global giants like IBM that you mentioned um, that are going into the African countries. But um, again, I do think it takes Africans to understand Africa and we, we know it best. Um, business connection, we are in seven African countries and we go from Namibia to Botswana to Zambia, Mozambique. Um, if you go up, we are in Tanzania, Kenya. Nigeria, and we have a very small presence um, in the UK. We currently do business in a lot of countries, such as Ghana, where we may not have a footprint. So it's companies like ourselves that are local African companies um, that can take technology forward um, into into the different African countries and help um, fast-track some of these. But at the end of the day, you are always going to have your global giants. They do have global backing, and they are bigger. Um, and they too can bring um, benefits um, to the continent. Um, so I think it's a combination of both local IT companies as well as the international that can make a difference on the African con- uh, continent. Vanessa, thank you, Vanessa. And uh, thank you for the rest of our guests, Melanie Ranji, the publicist and social media enthusiast. And then we had uh, Shaka Zulu, I mean, not Shaka Zulu, Shaka Sisulu. <laughs> A Tutu Fellow and Entrepreneur in Media and Technology Sectors. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, that was African Dialogue on Thanks. Channel Africa. And this is Sydney Kadungapiri bidding you bye-bye. Good morning, I'm Wisali Matebula with your Economics News. South African Banking Group FNB has joined hands with the Department of Cooperative Governance to train municipal staffs across the country. The training will focus on procurement and management of finances and contracts. Cooperative Governance Minister Pravin Godan has welcomed the bank's intervention. So for me, uh, I think this is the beginning uh, of a new set of partnerships that we want to create, uh, one which will uh, ultimately... Uh, combine these sorts of efforts with our own efforts to create a government institution that can embrace these uh, initiatives. Uh, we, we might be calling it the Local Government Training and Development Institute, but that's not been confirmed yet. In, in it, we will put in government money because... And Egypt's government has approved plans to allow the export of rice. This will bring the country back to the international market for the first time since last year. Traders will be allowed to export rice provided they sell government one ton of medium grain rice at $280 for every ton of rice they export. Egypt first imposed a ban on exports in 2008, saying it needed to save the rice for local consumption and wanted to discourage rice farmers from growing the crop to save water. 
Agricultural ministers from West African nations at the epicenter of the Ebola epidemic say only money and global coordination will keep the health care crisis from being a food emergency. 40% of Sierra Leone's farmers have abandoned their fields because of Ebola. The country's agricultural ministry says annual economic growth of more than 11% has dropped to an expected 3%. Liberia, meanwhile, says billions of dollars out of outside agriculture investment are gone as farming has been decimated. Botswana's only power station has broken down due to boiler leaks and generator failures, leaving the world's biggest diamond producer entirely dependent on power imports from South Africa's already strained grid. The Energy Ministry says all four units at the 600 megawatts Morupule B power plant have broken down. Two units broke down in September, while the other two failed earlier this month. The plant was supposed to be fully operational by October 2012, but has been plagued by boiler failures, leading to power counts and rolling blackouts across the nation. The ministry says scheduled outages will be kept at a minimum due to imports from South Africa. And South Africa's food uh, producer, Tiger Brands, has recalled some of its uh, cooking sources and rice products after tests found traces of potentially carcinogenic uh, ingredients. Africa's largest food manufacturer has recalled 17,000 packs of its testic Simply Delicious line of instant rice and curry sauces. The recall affects seven of a 20 product range or less than 1% of Tiger's rice business. The company says it has found traces of the colorants methyl yellow and Sudan won in some of the products made between June and July this year at a factory in India. Financial indicators, the dollar trading at 11.6 South African rand at 9.05, Botswana Pulas and 6.27, Zambian Kwachas also trading at 0.62 to the British pound and 0.79 to the euro commodities. Gold, $1,241, platinum, $1,248, a fine ounce, Brent crude oil, $83.35 per barrel. That's how it's looking. Today, sports fans, I am Musibudi Makura with your latest sports news at the Sawam. And starting off with football news, Stephen Keshi has been sacked as Nigerian head coach and will be replaced by the, by the country's former coach, Shabu Adoma, in a temporary capacity before a new foreign coach is hired. This is according to an official statement by the Nigerian Football Federation following an emergency meeting of the NFF this morning in Abuja. The NFF says in the interest of Nigerian football and the desire to ensure qualification for the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations finals next year, the committee decided to relieve the entire technical team of their duties with immediate effect. China Africa's Tony Oban is in Lagos, Nigeria, and has more details. Immediately after the match yesterday, they had a, a meeting of the executive committee of the Nigerian Football Federation, and late in the night, they released the you know, their communique, and that communique unanimously approved the appointment of a consortium of coaches to lead the Super Eagles for only the two concluding 
matches of the 2015 African Cup of Nations qualifying series against Congo in Brazzaville and against South Africa in New York, Aquaibom State, after which an expatriate coach will be appointed. The consortium led by Amodu Shaibu. Amodu Shaibu has been a regular this in uh, his first coming to the Super Eagles. At this stage, he also coached the Super Eagles with Stephen Ketchy and qualified for the World Cup and uh, they were not allowed to continue. So, Amodu Shaibu also has a salute to Yusuf, Wendy Ogumbote and Aloysius Ago. The team also has a new coordinator in former international, Garoba Lawal. South Africa's Bafana Bafana top group A after their goalless draw against Congo Brazzaville in an AFCON qualifying Bologwani on Wednesday night. On the night where a win would have secured a place at the continental showpiece for Sheikhs Mashaba and the troops, Congo did enough to ensure a share of the spoils at the soaking wet Bitamogaba Stadium. South Africa will host Sudan in mid-November before travelling to the Evertrick in Nigeria shortly after. In the other results of the day, Cape Verde Islands became the first country to book a place at next year's Africa Cup of Nations finals and were joined by Algeria after Wednesday's round of qualifiers across the continent. They defeated Mozambique 1-0 while Algeria defeated Malawi by three goals to nil. The Democratic Republic of Congo stunned Ivory Coast 4-3 in Abidjan, while title holders in Algeria overcame Sudan 3-1 to get back into contention for a place among the 16 finalists. Ghana stayed on track to qualify with a 3-1 home win against Guinea and 2012 champions Zambia trounced visiting Niger by three goals to nil to end an embarrassing Streak. Angola, Cameroon, Egypt, Ethiopia, Togo and Tunisia also won, while South Africa, Congo, Brazzaville and Burkina Faso and Gabon matches were all drawn. And still on football news, the South African senior women's team still remain winless at the 2014 African Women's Championships. Bayana Bayana played out to a goal to a one-all draw in their second match of the tournament against the Black Queens of Ghana. Banyana got the opening goal in the 18th minute and Ghana equalized just at the stroke of halftime. Banyana Banyana head coach Vera Pau says once again, lapses of concentration have cost them maximum points. Well, we knew it would be very, very tough, um, but um, I think that our problem was the second part of the first half, that we uh, lost the concentration on our first tasks. Um, I can talk for hours about that because it has to do with the culture. We have the same culture in, uh, in Holland um, and we get into a passive mode and into our shell. Uh, so that is something that we have to uh, find a way to, to avoid that. Um, it happened against Cameroon also, a uh, big part of the game. Um, but if the moment we are out of our shell um, and we are thinking productive, um, and relating to the tasks that we do, that is the moment we outplay opponents. We completely outplay opponents. And I think in the second half, Ghana was on their knees, but you need to score. You have to score. If you don't score, you don't win. That's simple as that. And uh, that is our problem at the moment. Coach Pa has admitted that the last group match against Algeria will be down to permutations and a win could qualify them for the next round. If Ghana is winning, they also on four points, and then it comes back to goal difference. So it's our our task to make sure that we will make goals. The luck was also not on our side, so it's always it, it didn't go our way um, in many in many instances. 
And finally, tennis news, world number 11, Andy Murray says he is prepared for all the possibilities as the race are for the last handful of spots at the World Tour Finals heats up with less than three weeks left of the season. He says making the eight-man championships in London is a goal for every player at the start of the year. Murray, who won the 2013 Wimbledon Championship, will open play today the second round of the Australian Open against Canadian Zafaski Pospil. Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and San Warianka have already qualified. Well, those are your sports news at the Sawa. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.